And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Good to be here, Dan. Just the two of us today. That's right. Yeah, Mark couldn't make it, and uh, we do miss him. I was doing some reading before you came, because this is one of those plain answer programs where we weren't quite sure which way it was going to go. So I was just uh, reading some news uh, before you got here. And um, some of the items in the news pertain to, again, Christian persecution. Um, You know, we just came through Christmas, and in particular today, maybe we could talk a little bit about the um, persecution uh, at the hands of Muslims against Christians. I see a, a news article here uh, regarding, I'm just picking one out of many, but uh, regarding some Christmas Eve bombings in Nigeria. There was uh, four deadly blasts, it says, that marred Christmas Eve preparations, a sparking of violence across the hilly Nigerian city of Jos. And uh, people are still waiting for the Nigerian police to tell the world how many people died. And um, right before we open the mics, you had mentioned a number of areas around the world where people are being persecuted for righteousness' sake. I could be uh, uh, ill-informed, but I know of no persecution uh, that Muslims are suffering at the hands of of Christians uh, anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. we keep being warned by our media outlets that Muslims are uh, being discriminated against, even persecuted here in the U.S., and yet they, they can't furnish one example. They mm. they strain um, and stretch and uh, unbelievably so trying to find something. Well, there may be one once in a while. That's human nature. But uh, the most highly persecuted uh, group in the world right now due to the fact are, are Christians mm. uh, due to the fact that they're the most visible of course I, I'm sure that uh, the Jews too wherever they are but since they're such a small community are likewise persecuted mm-hmm. but all around the world uh, Indonesia in uh, in the Philippines uh, in southern Thailand uh, in well even in Great Britain, the Muslim community is asked that there be more sensitivity toward the minorities when it comes to the celebration of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And this is in a country that historically has an official Christian church. Mm. So uh, it's on and on, not just Nigeria and places in Africa, but it's almost all around the globe. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, the uh, Christians in um, in Baghdad and in Iraq have canceled Christmas. They canceled Christmas because – of course, uh, one of the churches was bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the Syrian priests were executed, and 51 of the prisoners uh, were killed. Uh, they're driving all the Christians out of Iraq. It seems to me, with our yeah. presence there, that we ought to protest this. Uh, after all, we have given them their country back, and the least Correct. that they could do, it seems to me, uh, is for those political leaders to make every effort to protect the Christian minority there. Amen to that. Oh, yes. This is uh, disheartening when we see these forms of persecution worldwide against our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it also um, 
strikes a warning in my mind and minds of many of um, where we're at here in America. Um, we currently have great freedoms, freedom of religion, but um, we worry, we're concerned that uh, these freedoms will be chipped away as our society somehow thinks it's got to bend over backwards to the demands uh, from this sort of thing. Um, I'm reminded, too, of another news story uh, in uh, Paris. I happened to come across this on the web. It was talking about uh, someone had a camera, and they were filming streets that were blocked by huge crowds of Muslim worshipers, and um, it was enforced by a private security force. And this man with the hidden camera started apparently posting his videos to YouTube, but then his life was threatened. Yes, there are places in France, uh, I have not experienced this, but uh, it's, it's, it's common uh, to, to those who keep up with the news mm-hmm. and with the political situation in Europe, that there are places in France where uh, the ordinary police, French police uh, force, uh, are, are prohibited from entering because they are protected uh, places, privately protected uh, for Muslim uh, life and use. Mm. Well, this gentleman with the camera, apparently he was showing how that uh, the Muslims were blocking the streets with barriers. Um, they were praying on the ground. And so much so that the inhabitants of the district uh, were not able to leave their homes. And uh, they were not able to go into their homes during those prayers. Um, and it's almost as if this writer was saying that the Muslims in the street had been granted unofficial rights that no Christian group is likely to receive under the secular law um, in place in France. Well, the governments in Europe are afraid of their Muslim populations. Country after country, France, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Holland, mm-hmm. uh, Germany, uh, Great Britain, Denmark, uh, Sweden, in the country after country, uh, you can find the political leaders are fearful of the Muslim populations within their midst. Some, mm-hmm. some of, are, of course, citizens, and others are not. But uh, I, th- I think maybe the reason uh, you even brought up this is that we don't want to see this come to America. That is the reason. <laughs> don't want to see this come to yeah. America. Uh, and it could. It's it's a real possibility. Now, I'm I'm not here to... To say that all there are not moderate Muslims, there are. Mm-hmm. But the problem is uh, there are many more radicals than those who sympathize with them uh, than our intelligentsia and news outlets are willing to admit. Yeah. And all you have to do is start looking at the places in the world where you have these Salafist movements. A Salafist movement uh, encompasses all different kinds of movements in Islam, but they all have one thing in common. They want to go back to the first three centuries, and in particular about the first three or four generations of the beginning of Islam and patterning their life after that uh, because they think it was a, an especially holy period uh, when the principles of Islam 
were lived out mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. More pure. And, and more pure. Mm-hmm. And they're, so they're trying – it would be like Christians today trying to capture first century Christianity and mm-hmm. live that way. Right. Well, you know what we got to do is um, take a short break, but when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what is Sharia. There's a lot in the news about that nowadays. We are listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. With me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. Stay with us now. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Paul and Timothy are gone, but the letter still remains. And the mission that was written down calls out to us today. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance. We're talking about um, Christmas and uh, the uh, Muslim attitude towards Christmas and how that uh, some Christians around the world have been persecuted. 
And uh, coming back into this now, let's uh, open it up in terms of uh, understanding what is this thing called Sharia? Well, Sharia is, uh, is Islamic law. What I think most Americans don't understand is that Islam itself is not a religion in the way that Christianity is. Uh, there is, uh, in in the Christian religion, a distinction made between uh, two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the earth. And Christianity, therefore, is not a political religion, but Islam is. Mm-hmm. And in order for... Uh, its most traditional ardent believers to feel that they are able to live out their religion and carry out their religious duties, they must do so under Sharia law, which is God's law. And Sharia is comprised of two parts, uh, basically. Number one, its source is the Quran, of course, which is the most holy of books. Mm-hmm. And Two, it's made up of what is called hadiths, H-A-D-I-T-H-S. What our hadiths are are sayings of Muhammad and his companions in the first two or three generations, and they were recorded. Mm-hmm. There, there are many sayings, and they've been reduced and codified. And also, Muhammad, since he was considered sinless, all of his actions, the way he did things also become authoritative. So they're very interested in the lives of Muhammad, not only what he said, but what were his actions. These become normative. In fact, in some ways, the Hadiths are more uh, actually relevant to ordinary uh, Muslims' life than the Quran. And they become then a very basis for living out life, everything. It, It covers bathroom habits all the way to relationship with your wife, your children, on and on and on, even the way you eat, whatever you do. And uh, so it's it's authoritative. So these hadiths, which are saints, they're in addition to the Quran? Yes, they are in addition to. Oh, okay. It's a second source, if you will, for Islamic law. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other sophisticated factors, like how it's applied in the modern era and so forth, and they have schools of jurisprudence, but essentially the uh, hadiths become very, very important uh, mm-hmm. in the life of a traditional Muslim. So if um, a section of town uh, is overcome with Sharia law that's put into place, you have both the Quran as well as the hadiths oh, yes. as determining that? Uh, the Quran and the hadiths become then Sharia law or Islamic law. Okay. It's God's law. All right. And it's to regulate all of life. Mm-hmm. Not just your religious obligation, yeah. your political, religious, for there's no distinction made between mm-hmm. the political realm and the religious realm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of in contrast to uh, one of the reform thinkers years ago who would teach a kind of sphere sovereignty. Uh, you're thinking of Abraham Kuyper. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, Kuyper had spheres. uh of influence, work, and so forth, and that, that just simply provided a a worldview and a full way of life. But he made a okay. distinction, just like Jesus did, of course, yeah. between the temporal realm and the spiritual realm. And that's why Jesus said, "Let render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things right. that are God's." Uh, human beings in their temporal life are to be ruled politically by reason and not divine revelation. 
and that's what that sphere meant. And, uh, of course, uh, you want to be a moral people and live by God's law. Yeah. But there's no pattern in Holy Scripture as to how to form a government. Mm-hmm. Not the case in Islam, for it is a political religion. So the Bible would uh, allow uh, various governments. Any, uh, there's uh, no you specific, might have a king. Uh, yes, you might have a or monarchy. you might have a representative government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, surely uh, the representative democracy most represents uh, no doubt flows. the teacher, yes, <laughs> and the principles it most accommodates the Christian revelation. Yeah. But actually, uh, if there is a monarchy, it's not condemned. No, it's not. Now, what was the Hadith? Uh, you mentioned those were the saints. What was their view on Muhammad? Uh, so they saw him as sinless. Sinless. All right. Well, how about Jesus? How do Actually, they view Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, uh, they, they do believe he was born of a virgin, and hmm. uh, they have many, many ideas. But what they do not believe is that Jesus died on the cross for sinners. He was not God. He was simply a prophet. But That's gra- huge. Yes, but yeah. they have a high view of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But they do not view him as the Son of God who saved us from our sins through his death and resurrection. Uh, what That's what is huge. important, of course, is that Muhammad is the last of the prophets. Therefore, he is the greatest of the prophets. Mm-hmm. Jesus is one of many prophets. Now, do they uh, see man as fallen the way the Christian would? That really doesn't come into play in the hmm. same way that it does in Christianity. Of course, it doesn't come into play in Judaism uh, or even Eastern Orthodoxy in Christianity. It's just in Western Christianity that the mm-hmm. fall uh, has such a very important place. But no, I would have to say uh, hmm. that that's not a made over in the same way that you find it in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, people uh, are to conform to this law and to submit to God, and the way you submit to God of course, is conforming to Sharia. Mm. So um, what about, here's a touchy question, what about the moderate Muslim, not talking about a Muslim terrorist or anything of the sort, um, would he be inclined to want to see Sharia law implemented? Uh, Not likely. Uh, Most moderate Muslims are moderate for a reason, Mm -hmm. and that is that they are not trying to reproduce the... uh, the way of Muslims in the first two or three generations uh, or the first or second century of the of A.H. is the way they mm-hmm. they date from the Hajj, from the time that uh, the Prophet Muhammad went from uh, Mecca to Medina. So that's year one, and that's 732 on the Christian calendar. Hmm. Uh, nonetheless, um, no, I would have to say that these moderate Muslims have tried to accommodate the modern world. Mm-hmm. They likewise are not uh, militant in that way and realize that they have to live with other peoples yeah. and not everyone's going to convert to Islam. It reminds me of something. I was uh, working in IBM years ago now, um, and I was working at the time with a very fine young man, black man, and I liked him a lot. His name was Muhammad, and at the time, I I really didn't know too much about the Muslim faith, and uh, I suspect he was a moderate Muslim. Um, We got along just fine, and, you know, he was not out to persecute me in any way, shape, or form. Um, So there are 
Now, if, I think if, he was an example of one. If know. he was a black Muslim, a part of the black Muslim movement, uh, traditional Islam does not consider them to truly be Muslims. Okay. Uh, interesting thing. Uh, oh. The Sunni, Sunni Islam does not consider the uh, black Islamic movements in America to be authentic. Oh, okay. They have been uh, influenced too much by Christianity. Well, help me here now. Um, Sunni, there was Sunni, and what's the other one? Well, the two main divisions in Islam uh, are the Sunnis, which comprise 89%, the last figure I saw, 89% of all Muslims. Mm. Uh, it's the Islam that you find in Saudi Arabia. Oh, that would be my next question. And <laughs> okay. in the... In the uh, Arabic world, and they're tied to the Arabic language. The other uh, very large block, 11%, are what are called Shia, Mm -hmm. or Shiites. And those are Persian, Persian Muslims, and they're mainly located in Iran and a part of Iraq. Okay. Now, um, when Saddam Hussein was in power, which group was he part of? He actually was was Sunni. He was a Ba'athist. Okay. And uh, he was part of the Sunni, though he was quite secular. Mm-hmm. He probably wasn't really okay. a believer in anything. Yeah. Now, I've heard it said that I'm off subject now, but here it goes. You know, so be it. Um, when he was in power, he kind of kept Iran in check. He did. He he <laughs> ruled by force. He was a tyrant. Yeah. And um, and he he played off the. The minority group in Iraq, which happened to be Sunni, even though they're mm-hmm. the majority in the world, uh, he played them off against the Shia. But he did favor the, the Sunnis, and he was from that background. And of course, you, you know he had a reputation uh, where he slaughtered a lot of the Kurds, who were Sunni, and he okay. slaughtered a lot of the Shia in the south. They estimated that he may have slaughtered 300,000 or oh, more. Dear. Oh, dear. And he gassed. Oh, that he gasped. Listen, he was a he was a mini Hitler. He, the only it's reason terrible. he wasn't Hitler, he didn't have as many weapons and as much power to yeah. do yeah. and carry out this. Well, today we're talking about Christmas. We just came through Christmas, and um, some of the persecution that's taking place against Christians uh, by Muslims. And we're digging down a little bit, understanding what is this so-called Sharia law? Uh, what are the hadiths, which are the sayings? and uh, their view on Muhammad and Jesus. And um, let's go one step further. What is their view of Christians and Jews? You know, the the Quran uh, actually favors Jews and Christians because of their monotheism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they did tolerate, historically that is, Christians and Jews, within their societies. They had a, a definite second-class citizenship, and they had to pay extra taxes. <laughs> and they had, in some countries, wear particular clothing to brand them as Christians. So they would know. All right. Uh, nonetheless, uh, they tolerated them. What, who they didn't tolerate were polytheists, and that would be mm-hmm. Hindus and others. They just uh, historically have been much more belligerent mm-hmm. toward Hindus and Buddhists than Christians and Jews. Now, contrast that with... How Christians are supposed to act towards others. Well, anyone we come in contact with, we understand two things. Number one, that they're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. They are our equal. And number two, they are our neighbor. Even if they disagree with us. Even if they disagree with us. <laughs> it's out of Christianity that we get the word tolerance. It's remarkable. You know, uh, 
this program, we, we try to cover these things, and yet uh, there's always got to be a gospel thread in it all. And, you know, here it comes, right? You know, yes, the, the tolerance. <laughs> uh, tolerance means I don't agree with you, mm. but I'm going to live with you mm. and respect you. Mm-hmm. But the tolerance actually comes out of Christianity, and it's due to the gospel. Yeah. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is good news for the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> There's Amen. no on many levels. Not only is it gospel that God came in Christ at Christmas and then to die on the cross to to redeem us from mm. our sins and to bring us up into the life of the triune God, but also it means that we can have peace with our neighbor. Yeah. And where Christianity has not carried that through, it clearly has not lived up faithfully to the commands right. of her Lord. Now, as we talk about Muslims here on this program, it is our sincere desire that they will also someday be our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. That they will believe, that they will receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness. You know what? I see we're out of time already for this little program. Um, just a wrap-up thought today. As uh, you know, we're we're just in the beginning. This is this is the very first day of the new year today, and mm-hmm. that's, we're mm-hmm. looking forward to what God will do this year. Just a real quick wrap up thought. Well, the future does not belong to Islam or to secularism. It does not belong to communism or any ism. The future belongs to the sovereign God. Mm who has loved us everlastingly in his son, Jesus Christ. So I have to say that the future belongs to the gospel. (laughs) Amen. That's a wonderful way to summarize our discussion today. If you'd like to uh, download a copy of this discussion, a reminder that up on our website, just check under A Plain Answer. And uh, MP3 files are there available for you free of charge. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Today I've been talking with Dr. John Vance. And uh, join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Redemption to a lost and dying world.